There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, we made it. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's 2023! Oh my goodness! I know. Oh my actual goodness. 2023, how's it been the first few days? Wow. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. I've survived. Is that a good sign? Good start to the year. Do you feel festive fatigue or are you quite um, upbeat and inspired? Um, I probably have got festive fatigue. But I always think the start of the new year happens when the kids go back to school. So ask me this next week and (laughs) we'll see how I'm feeling. I'll probably be feeling a lot more upbeat. Um, Yeah, I mean... How about you? You're yeah, just, I'm just good. Just yourself. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still in Kenya um, recording as I look out over the ocean. Sorry, please don't switch off. Don't hate me. But you know what? <laughs> it's just been so lovely being with my mum, being with my mum, being with my sister, having the kids here. We haven't had a family Christmas together for seven years. And obviously my mum, a little update from uh, team, team Camp Carol. She had her operation just before Christmas. So she had the tumor removed. So it kind of looks like she's had a, a boob reduction. It's, 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 it's making the backs of my legs go funny every time she wants to show me, but she is healing well. She's dodged chemo, which is absolutely amazing. She starts radio, uh, radiation, radi- radi- radio, radio therapy. Yes, um, in about 10 days time. Um, And she's had a bit of a rough time with her stomach. She obviously had, you know, just a chronic upset stomach for a month. She did like a four day starve where she was uh, like water. That was really brutal. Poor thing is absolutely shattered, but sleeping lots, resting loads. Um, It's been a different Christmas, but it's just been lovely for me to be able to look after her and like do little things. Yeah, and just be there with her. And I'm really, really nice for her as well to have the kids around. Like I think kids are the best distraction when something like that is going on because they give you perspective. They say it how it is. They just, they lift the mood most of the time. Yeah, they do. They do. And I think that they found it quite difficult because she's so low on energy she's sleeping mm. lots but actually you know they're sort of understanding that Shushu isn't that well at the minute and yeah. you know we just need to be gentle and look after her. and she's letting us look after her she's not very good at that so um I'm forcing her to rest and I was gonna say and this time next year hopefully it will all be a distant memory exactly um, and she'll have absolutely smashed it so that's what I'm thinking that's what I'm thinking yeah. um now George um we're gonna get into today's conversation because uh it's a goodie what a chat to start 20 <laughs> 23 with. Now, Zoe was fangirling. 
in this episode. I've never seen her like it before. Oh, God. Um, usually she's like really cool with anybody that comes on. But this, oh, this time, cool. not at all. Not cool at all. I'll tell you what it was. It's because uh, I suddenly felt like a 10-year-old girl speaking to my sort of TV hero. And I have watched her on Home and Away and on Heartbreak High, which was which was the show that made me sort of, I don't know, you know you've got those shows in your life where you start thinking, well, oh, I quite fancy boys here. Or like, yeah. you know, I think I've got a crush on someone in my class. Well, this was the show that sort of showed me that you can fancy boys. Yeah, boys are all right. They're not boys smelly. Boys are all right. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah, I, I was fangirling. I was, I was really... Um, I really wasn't very cool at all. Sorry. No, you were. You were. To, to her, she wouldn't have noticed. Just but to, to you me, and everyone else listening because everyone knows me so well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it was a brilliant conversation. Um, um, we talked about a lot of things around motherhood, didn't we, George? Yeah. And I think so, you know, when we have these chats, um, we don't know, you know, how the conversation's going to go. And it, it was just really lovely to speak to her. As someone who's had such a big career as well, um, mm. to talk about the challenges that she faces. I mean, you know, so they're like the same as the ones we do. You know, yeah. she still gets the guilt. She still, you know, doesn't want to miss certain things. We also talked about her actually taking a little bit of a step back and setting some boundaries in her yeah. work life yeah. um, and how that's ended up working really well for her. So, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this chat. Also, just to flag this, this is actually the episode where I got a call from the head teacher to come and collect Axel from school. So you will notice that I uh, sneak off a little bit early. Let's get into it, George. Who are we talking to today? We are chatting to Ada Nicodemu. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast. A real pinch me moment today because both Georgia and I have grown up watching this incredible actress uh, in both Home and Away and Heartbreak High, which was my coming of age drama. My first ever crush was Nick. Um, she is mum to Jonas, who is 10 years old. Please welcome actress Ada Nicodemo. Oh, yeah. Morning. Hi, how are you? I love it. Morning, evening. I know, right? We know we're going to get on with you because you already told us that it's eight o'clock as we're recording and you're ready for bed, which Holy. you are our type of woman <laughs> because oh. Monday to Friday, we are in bed at 8.30. We are. Yes. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I know I am such a nana. I like... I just don't function at night at all, like especially once my son goes to sleep and, and I'm a nut, so like he, he has to be in bed by 7.30 because I just, I mean, I just need to go to sleep after him. So um, he's in bed at 7.30 and then I'll learn my lines and then I'm straight away in bed. So, um, yeah, I don't function very well at night. I mean, Georgia said it there. We, we know that we're going to get on with you because this is exactly mm. the same as us. Like lots of friends that we know keep their kids up a little bit later, you know, special occasions. We're literally like seven o'clock, good night, so that we can yeah. shut our bedroom door and just have some time on our own. I don't get those parents yes. who keep their kids up till 9 p.m. I'm no. like, what? No. And also you're giving me hope as well because your son's a little bit older than our kids. And, and you have to kind of like, so when he was younger, it was seven o'clock. Um, and then I extended it to 7.30 and, and now that he's 10, he's 7.45, but the 15 minutes is him in bed reading. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I still get I love this because I've got friends who've got 10-year-olds and they're up 
them till nine and stuff like that. No. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Right. So we need to start with a really early bedtime. So I'm going to start putting yes. my kids to bed at six. Then I'm going yes. to push it to 6.15. And by the time they're <laughs> 10, they'll be at seven. Perfect. <laughs> Winning. Yes, that's what you've got to do. Love it. <laughs> and Ada, talk, talk to us about um, life in Australia. I mean, your career has just been kind of non-stop for so many years you've been on our screens here in the UK you say that you get your son to bed and then you learn your lines so just talk us through yeah. what a day looks like for you um at, you know living over there oh look every day is different I mean that's the, the good thing about home and away sometimes not so good because you can't plan anything but I guess usually um so I either I get up really early, like I was saying to you girls. So I'm probably up about like four or five o'clock, um, which means I'm you know sort of getting lunches ready, um, and then I'm either off to work or I go to the gym and then off to work. Um, if I can, I take my son to school, which I love to do um, when I'm not working in the morning. Um, but if I'm at work, uh, make up call in studios about six. Um, and then yeah, 6 a.m. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm in um, the studio from 7.30. We tend to wrap at around 7 p.m. at night, um, but then it doesn't mean we're there at that time. But if it is a late one, then, you know, I struggle because then I'm going to come home, put Jonas to bed, and then I've got to learn my lines. Um, but, yeah, wow. every day is different. Like some days you might have. 12, 16 scenes, other days you might only have two. Some days, like tomorrow, I've got to get up really early because I've got to drive to Palm Beach, which is where all of yes. our exterior stuff is, where the beach is. So from my house with no traffic is an hour and a half. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but on the way home, it can take like two and a half hours. Oh, so God. I get really tired on those days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but look, it's going to be a beautiful day in Sydney tomorrow. So I'll be outside at the beach. Um, I've only got, I've only got three scenes, but I finished there at about three in the afternoon. So by the time I get in the car and get home, it's still quite a long and day. And do you have to go in every day? Is this something that you, you do, you know, it's like a Monday to Friday job? Yeah, it tends to be Monday to Friday, sometimes Saturdays. Um, but look, we might have like the day off here or there. Um, you know, some days you might start at 12 and, you know, other yep. day, you know, every day is different. Yeah. Different. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that, I mean, that's a pretty full on schedule. How, like, how have you found it over the years? Like, parenting and then working because we you know yeah. we have times when we we can't just not not turn up for work and we miss like the nativity or we miss you oh, know yeah. the school sports day whatever it is and yeah. I think how, how have you found it and was it easier at the beginning like at the early you know in the early days or is it got harder yeah it, it was easier in the beginning because you know when they're babies you know as long as they're fed and they're going to sleep and their nappies changed it's fine you know and my mum lived in the same street as me so um, you know, she sometimes would either sleep over um, or come really, really early in the morning um, before Jonas is woken up and she'd look after Jonas while I went to work. Whereas now he does need me to take him to soccer or jiu-jitsu or, you know, turn up to school and he asks as well. And also um, I want to spend more time with him. You know, he's 10. You know, another few yeah. years he's not going to want to spend a lot of time with me. So this time's really important. So I have actually um, pulled back from work a little bit, um, sort of I've worked in with, so instead of doing three episodes a week, um, I'm doing two episodes a week, which means yeah. that I would I do get some mornings off or some afternoons or whole days off where I can spend time with him and I might do this for, uh, look, who knows, you know, a couple of years or maybe a bit longer yeah. just so I've got that quality time with him. Did that feel, did that feel really good 
for you to do that? Was that the right decision? Absolutely. Yeah. And for Jonas as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, he. We just both needed to spend time together, and and I just wasn't seeing him, and I was cranky all the time, and. You know, I could see he wasn't great either and um, we've got a really good balance now and um, and he looks forward to, you know, the days where I do drop him off or I pick him up or we go for a play date or, um, you know, I can just watch him sort of he won an award the other day at his jiu-jitsu and I was there, you know, so yeah. all of that stuff's really important. Yeah. Now, before we get into your journey to motherhood, I just wanted to ask quickly about the fact that I read that you can't bear to watch yourself in Heartbreak High. It's now mm. on Netflix. I'm watching the reruns, but you're like, do you know what? My 16 year old self hadn't done any much acting. This is my first kind of jaunt into TV. You've yeah. never seen it. You can't watch it. I watched it back then, um, and I did cringe back then. So the thought of watching it now, I can't <laughs> deal. <laughs> like I can't deal, especially like there's the first episode where that I'm in, which is like episode sixteen of Heartbreak High, and um, my character's dancing, and there's this awful shot of my bottom basically like <laughs> dancing like like you know I put the music on the jukebox and I'm dancing and it's just the most unflattering shot and um I still remember that and uh yeah I can't I just can't watch it well you should oh my it's really good yeah I mean I can't wait to go back and watch it um but yeah equally I can't imagine having to watch a 16 year old my 16 year old self doing anything Oh, I didn't know what so, I was doing. No, yeah, no, no, no way. The other day I had to go back and watch. Um, it was like my first, um, it was sort of my first live presenting that I had to do. And I pretended that I was more fluent in French than I actually was. It was one of those <laughs> late night game shows where you had to come on and right. be like, you know, this this is <laughs> this is a letter. This uh, It's a four letter word. And I had to do it all in French. But most of the time oh, I was God. going, we uh, <laughs> like just sort of speaking with a French accent but not actually knowing what I was it. talking about oh god no oh god no yeah. the tapes have to be burnt but it's the things you do right at the beginning of your career which but, but you know, that's just- like me with acting like I had no idea what I was doing so I just I, I just was flying by the seat of my pants like yeah. I honestly had no idea I had no experience and um, yeah, so I can't, I can't even imagine like the eye rolls and, you know, because everything would have been really exaggerated as well. So no, yeah. it's, it, it'd be terrible. Well, listen, you can't have done that bad of a job because look, you're still you going. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Very lucky. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted, we wanted to talk to you about your journey to motherhood. You know, we've touched on your career and, you know, how that's grown. And I guess, it's always this decision, isn't it, when when you decide to become a parent? How how did that come around for you? I always knew I wanted to be a mum. Uh, I guess it was the only thing that I was ever certain about um, my whole life. Like from the moment I can remember, I wanted to be a mum. So I always knew that that was in the cards. Um, and look, I've got endometriosis and a polycystic ovary. I knew yeah. it was going to be difficult. Um, so uh, I sort of I knew that I probably would have to go down the IVF route, but, um, you know, I tried and it sort of, you know, for about six months. I was, I was a bit older as well. I didn't start trying until I was 31, maybe, 32. I had Jonas at 34. So, yeah, I was quite late to it. So I didn't, I thought I maybe wasn't going to be able to fall pregnant naturally. Yeah, so I went down the IVF um, route um and I loved, I loved that whole process because I am a control freak um, and I don't know whether uh, you girls have struggled with falling pregnant or not, but um, 
I did and it was really hard. Like fertility is so hard, yeah, isn't it? Gosh, it's yeah. all you think about from the moment yeah. you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and it just it just consumes you. So IVF uh, was just a breath of fresh air for me because I could I, I felt like, you know, someone else was in control and it was gonna happen. Yeah. Like I had a lot yeah. of faith. Um, and that was the case actually. Now I did have a miscarriage prior to IVF as well, which was awful and yeah. no one ever, especially then, I, like, I, I didn't know anyone that had a miscarriage yeah. prior to me and no one talked about it and like no one talked about it in the media and, um, yeah, so so it was very lonely, um, very isolating. You think that there's something wrong with your body. Like, yeah, it, it's awful. Did you talk to your friends and family about it, Ada? Were you confiding in anyone? Well, the funny thing was, so there was, was not funny, but there was four of us, like four girlfriends, and we we're all pregnant at the same time. And I miscarried first, um, and so the three of them were still pregnant. And then the other three miscarried after me. So, Because you know the Gosh. statistics are one in four. Wow. What are the chances? But, um, yeah, so I did have my girlfriends um, and they were amazing um, because other than them there was no literature, there was just nothing on it. Did you, you know, you said there were four of you. Did you find that you handled things, like, in different ways or were you all kind of similar? Uh, yeah, we did all handle things in different ways. I tend to, um, yeah, go inwards and sort of not talk a lot, lot and sort of blame it all on myself. Other people want to talk. Um, but I think because I was the first um, and they were so amazing, they were so supportive and they came over straight away and we all cried and all that. So, but I was trying to hold it together for them because yes. they were pregnant and I didn't want them to feel bad. And I don't, I didn't want to put it in their minds, if you know no. what I mean. Like, I don't no. know. So I found, yeah, I didn't want to talk about it too much with them. But, um, yeah, look, we all cried about it and, um, yeah, it was just, it was just hard. It was just a hard time. Um, but, you know, I'm, I make a point now of always mentioning miscarriage and fertility yes. issues, I think, for younger women. I think mm -hmm. it's just really important, um, yeah. yeah, that, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with our bodies. It's very natural. And um, I was, yeah, I, just, I remember actually my little, um, my little nephew um, found out when I miscarried and, and he called me and he just said, oh, look, auntie, like that baby just wasn't meant to be. Like, I thought, oh, how amazing that, like, a yeah. little boy just knows to say that, you know. So, um, and I do believe that. I think that, um, you know, that just wasn't meant to be. It's it's also wonderful having these conversations in such an open and honest way because I don't think, well, my, my parents' generation div definitely didn't have those discussions. There was no talk mm -hmm. of miscarriage, you know. So when I fell pregnant, you're kind of like, you know, it was kind of the start of the chats happening. Yeah. Um, mm. Before that, you know, you think you're just going to fall pregnant and everything's going to be fine. And yeah. then, you know, you start opening up the conversation. It's such, it's shrouded in secrecy because you're told not to discuss your pregnancy before 12 weeks anyway. A lot of, pre a lot of pregnancies lead to miscarriage very sadly before the 12 week mark. So mm. then you're dealing with losing a baby. You're not talking to anybody about it. It's, it's an incredibly tough time. So the fact that you were able I guess, to kind of, you know, to keep talking about it and mentioning it now, it's going to help a whole generation of, of girls growing yeah. up, I think. Yeah, I do think it's really important because you're right, I don't know why there's all this secrecy around it. Um, and it does just make what isolates us and um, 
makes us feel ashamed or something. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it, why. It makes people feel like they've done something wrong and what yes. could they have done? And then it's, you know, and it's their fault. Whereas I think the more that we know and the more we find out that, you know, it does happen like mm. very, very frequently, um, you soon realize that there really isn't anything you could do. And, yeah. you know, that yeah. it, it's out of your control and your body just, you know couldn't couldn't deal with that pregnancy or yes. you know what there was something you know something not right so yeah, i think yeah. yeah we just we just have to keep these conversations going but then so then yeah. you started ivf i did um and i was very lucky because it was the first round of ivf that i was lucky enough to for you know to to well, i think i got like four or five um viable embryos and then um implanted one and i was really lucky just talk and it was my little Jonas. Just it was amazing how it happened. I, I didn't expect that it was going to happen so fast and I had the best pregnancy. Did it you? was just, oh, God, I felt amazing. Like I just felt so good. I had so much energy. I felt really attractive. Like I loved, I just found my body fascinating. Like every day you'd wake up and go, oh, okay, like now this is happening. And <laughs> I just was like fascinated yes. by the changes and um yeah I loved it and I and I'm I'm a real foodie as well um but you know when you're pregnant and you eat everything your taste buds are just yeah bursting with like (laughs) everything just tastes amazing so like I just I loved every part of it and look you know obviously it gets really uncomfortable towards the end and all that sort of stuff but look I had such a great first pregnancy and um yeah he he was um yeah, he was. It was just. It's such a blessing, especially after, you know, not being able to fall pregnant, you know, and then you know, yeah. having a miscarriage, and then having Jonas. It was just incredible. Were you filming at the time? Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. How, was your character? How, how did that work? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I was just hiding behind everything. So they they wanted to hide the pregnancy, like so they put me in these awful big dresses as well because oh. I'm, I'm I'm only five foot one, so I'm really little, um, and I got really square. Like I got so big, my face expanded, my arms were like trucker arms, my back just expanded. Um, and then I had these really big loose clothing on and then I was either like holding boxes or behind the coffee machine. Like towards the end of it, like I was literally just behind the coffee machine at the diner <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> so funny. Making more coffee at the diner. Yeah. There she Carrying is. some boxes. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. And I, cause I think I put on like either 14 or 16 kilos as well. Oh, mate, me and you both. I think it was like 22 I put on or something. I literally was like, no. it was like invasion of the body snatchers. I was <sighs> like this. Yeah, that was me. That was me. Yeah, but but also when you've got loose clothing on, and then you're on TV because TV puts like fifteen percent on you as well. So outside of filming, I felt so attractive and amazing. I was wearing like tight fitted clothes and you know all that sort of stuff. Whereas on camera, I felt so ugly. Like I just felt disgusting. Yeah, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And you know, it's one of those times as well where you just want to you can just be 
you know, you can just be the body that you are because you have no control over it. Georgia and I discuss it endlessly that actually probably we felt in parts our most confident during our pregnancies because there wasn't any of the hangups. We, you know, people were obsessed with our bumps. We were obsessed with our Mm. boobs. We loved our Mm. changing bodies. And, you know, there wasn't that pressure to, I don't know, look a certain way or, you know, we were just us. It was really lovely. The one time I think you can sit around the pool eating a burger and chips in a bikini and just feel like, well, this is fun. Like this is yeah. great. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, looking at me, thinking I'm wonderful. That's yeah. that's brilliant. And My normally that incredible. wouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But then what? Isn't it amazing though that like you give birth, so you feel amazing leading up to it, and then you give birth, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, firstly, no one tells you that your stomach still stays. So I had <sighs> no idea about that. But then you look down and go, what has just happened? Like you go from loving your body to yep. just instantly going. I don't even know what's happened. What? Who am I? Did you feel like that or was it just like... Oh, God. I mean... It was so foreign. My whole body was foreign. That first time of looking in the mirror, it actually haunts me a little bit. And I know that I'm still (laughs) trying to process that moment of being okay with it, but I'm not sure I will be ever okay with it because it didn't look like me. You know, when the baby was there, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I get this. And then suddenly gone, but your body still looks the same. You're just like, whoa, what's happening? It was a very strange feeling. Yeah. And also not being able to control your hormones. Like day three um, was, oh, my God, I have never been so out of control, just crying over nothing. I was was just a crazy woman. Yeah, that day three, I had no idea about either until it happened and – um, and also coming from a Greek family, um, my milk came in and I had to feed Jonas and I had 30 people in my room in the hospital. And I'm like, Whoa. this cannot be 30 happening. People. 30 people had come, like, come, like all family had come to visit me and they wouldn't leave and I'm trying yep. to feed him. And I feel gross and I've been crying all day. So I had to go into the waiting room at the hospital to feed my child because everyone was in my room. So, yeah, Greeks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If, like, now, now that I know, whenever, you know, a girlfriend gives birth, I don't visit at the hospital. I don't think you should. I think you should wait until they go home and they're settled and then you go because, yeah, I found that really hard as well. Yeah, and I think if you want to do something for your friend who just had a baby, it's leaving something on the doorstep. It's Thank saying, you, yeah. I don't need to see you. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm here for you. Leaving it on the yes. doorstep and going away. I mean, I was the same. I had... um I have my in-laws, they were already at my house when I got back from the hospital. So I I hadn't even really stayed in the hospital. I was was up for like, I know, I think I gave birth to Axel at 11 o'clock and at seven o'clock I was picked up and taken home. My husband had literally just gone home to like have a shower and then come back. And so then as I, you know, got out the car, first time walking into the house, my in-laws were there. And I, and oh. I look back at that and I think, gosh, that's such such a weird, you know, it's such a weird situation to be in. I mean, my mum was there, but my mum was there to kind it's of help different. me. And she'd been there in it's the lead up and it? stuff. It is different. Yeah, it is different. but then different having to, as well. I think walking through the door, you immediately have to put on this like front, even if you just yeah. want to go in just get into bed and just like cry and think, oh my God, what's just happened? Having yeah. lots of people there, no matter how close you are to them, you 
you it's almost like you have to perform yeah absolutely that way. You yeah. don't know. like I remember when they gave germs to me like I, we, were, we were in hospital for five days and then you know you're taking him home and I'm like what do you mean you, you're giving him to me like what, what what am I meant to do like it's like I'm responsible for it. Where's the manual? Where's the manual? I couldn't believe that I had to then look after this child by myself. And um, I just remember that car ride home was so scary. And then you get home and then then you're like, now what? Now now literally left to my own devices. So let alone having in-laws at home, like when you get home, like that would be really, really hard. Yeah. No, look, newborns, nothing prepares you for those first eight weeks, I don't think. We'll be right back after this short break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Do you want to... um talk to us about feeding because I always find that really process like you that process really interesting you touched on you know the fact that you had to breastfeed in front of your uh, entire family plus friends how did that feeding journey go for you were you breastfeeding were you bottle feeding was it a combi I, I, I tried to breastfeed um and I really struggled I had hardly any milk he wasn't yeah. taking to my boob um, he, so I, I, I thought I, I, I hated it as well. I, cause I really struggled with it and I didn't have a lot of milk. Um, so I persevered for probably about two weeks and then I had to do both. Um, yeah. and then of course, once you start substituting, then you have less milk and then, yeah, so I didn't actually end up breastfeeding for that long. Um, which now I, I like, I'm sad now when I look back at it, but I don't know why I'm sad because, I hated it at the time. Obviously, he needed to, you know, be fed. And but there's that really lovely connection that you do have when you're breastfeeding. And if only maybe I was more relaxed, and maybe I would have enjoyed it more. And so I don't know. I yeah. I. I, I am sad about the fact that I couldn't breastfeed. And were you, did you do any sort of um, antenatal classes or anything like that? Because I know for me, I didn't even know how to breastfeed. <laughs> like I didn't uh, even know no. what to do. I was like, how does this, it wasn't like a natural thing for me. I didn't no, understand No, I found it really unnatural. Yeah, mm. no, I didn't do any classes um, leading up to um, giving birth. And then in the hospital, they do show you how to do it. But um, yeah. yeah, it just never sort of, yeah, I, it, I don't know. The two of us just couldn't make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, and he he'd be on my boob for such a long time, like hours yeah. sometimes. You know, um, 
So I just really struggled, yeah, and I felt really bad that I didn't have the milk. But I think, you know, if you are stressed as well yes. and sleep-deprived, um, I don't think that that helps. Um, no, I so, agree with you. So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great experience for me. But also you did an amazing job, and I don't think at the time we realised that or at least pat ourselves on the back that if you breast or bottle feed, as long as your child is fed, that is, that is, that's the message that we need to send to all new parents. It's like, whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, but yet we carry around so much guilt around it. You know, it's, uh, it's something that needs to be changed. Georgia and I always banging that drum that actually, you know, to any new mums listening that haven't got on with breastfeeding or just choose not to, that's fine. Yeah. Like Jonas is fine. Like I look at him now. He's like, you know, and, and he was at the time, he was a very healthy baby, but, um, it's just, I think, society, like everyone makes you feel, oh, I don't know whether it was me, I don't know, I just feel yeah. guilty that, you yeah. know, that I couldn't breastfeed and, you know, was there yeah. something wrong with me? It was all of that stuff again, you know, all of, all of that guilt that you feel, um, I don't know where it comes from. but Society, um, it comes from yeah. society. How, how did yeah. you cope um, in the months afterwards? How was your mental health? You know, how did you cope it's getting back great. to work? Wasn't. Yeah, I I really struggled. I definitely did have postnatal. Um, I am I'm a very organised person. Usually, I'm a real control freak. I've been working since I was sixteen. Um, my whole life is very structured. Um, all of a sudden, I had a baby that um, had silent reflux, so he was crying all the time. He wasn't sleeping. I wasn't feeding. I I wasn't sleeping. Um, I also felt like I didn't connect straight away like I thought I should have um, and I just find myself crying all the time. Um, so I really struggled and typical me didn't really speak up um, yeah. and then I started to feel a little bit better but then I went back to work uh, when he was five months which I think was a massive mistake for me because I still wasn't sleeping and he still wasn't sleeping. Uh, and then I think postnatal kicked in even more because then I had the guilt of going back to work. So I found the first year really, really tough. Yeah, it was it was a hard year and you just sort of struggle with um, – because I just thought, because I, like I was saying to you, to both earlier, I, you know, the one thing that I always wanted to do was be a mum, you know, and then I'm finally a mum, and I'm like, why am I so crap at this? Like, I just thought I was crap at it. So, um, yeah, mentally, it wasn't great. Thank you for being really honest and open about that. It's, it's a really, it's, I think it's a really important message. Another really important message that actually sometimes it's not going to be, you know, smelling of roses and the perfect yeah. picture like you think it's going to be. Um, any advice to anybody listening who's going through that at the moment? Oh, look, yeah, talk to someone, like just be really honest. Also, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, mm. You know, I was just really hard on myself as well. And, um, yeah, just give yourself a break. Try and sleep when you can um, and just know that it's not unnatural to not bond straight away with your child or it's not yeah. unnatural um, not to know what to do. Like, you know, there is no rule book. You know, there's no, there's no manual that comes with the baby. You just sort of got to figure it out. And um, I found that, you know, as Jonas has gotten older, I've become a better mum and I'm just more confident now. Like we have the best yeah. relationship now. Um, I, if only I could have said that to myself back then. 
you know, um, and just not being so hard on myself. Because mm. you don't get yeah. that time back. That's the other thing. Never. You never you know, do. And you spend so much time worrying and fretting and, yeah. you know, stressing out and not thinking you're doing a good enough job. This feeling of failure constantly around you. It's yeah. really, really hard to break out of that, I thought. Isn't that, and then I think, like, that first year, like, I look back at photos sometimes of him when he was a newborn. I think, I don't remember, I don't remember him like that. I think because I was so tired and so overwhelmed and I thought, what a shame that I just worried so much and I just didn't enjoy that time because mm. I will never get that back again, you know. So that's sort of, I guess, if I was to give other advice, you know, yeah, just, you know, take those moments. Now, um, I, I just want to touch on this very briefly because I really want to say to you that I think when I read your story a few months ago about um, your beautiful Harrison and what happened to you um, after yeah. you had Jonas, could you just, you know, tell us very, very briefly, I know we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, yeah. but what happened after Jonas was born? Yeah, so I fell pregnant um, with Harrison and it was it was a hard pregnancy um, and uh yeah like it just wasn't sort of I, I didn't feel the same way as I did yeah. when I had Jonas but so it was a hard pregnancy but then unfortunately um he was stillbirth so and that was at 32 weeks which was really really difficult um yeah it's just it's just one of those things that you're never going to get over I have yeah. very sad moments and days a lot and feel sad for Jonas as well because he doesn't yep. have a brother um I'm more honest with him now and we talk about him and do um, you yeah 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 we do talk about it because he was young he was only two as well um and I made the mistake of like not talking to him about it when he was young because I thought I was only two so he won't know but as mm. if he wouldn't like I mean I was pregnant then all of a sudden I wasn't and no baby came home and mummy was just really sad. Um, yeah. So I did then have, I realised that I had to talk to him about it at that young age and obviously it was very age appropriate. But yeah. um, as he's gotten older, we have spoken about it and, um, yeah, it's just really sad. It's just such a sad, I know, again, it's, I know it's another common thing that, that we go through but, no. um yeah, loss, you just never really get over. You don't. You 100% no. don't. Did that Did that impact your decision not to have another baby? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, you, yeah, Espe yep. especially in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, mentally you just don't know how you're going to go through. You just worry. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to, you know, your body sort of failing you, you just sort of start thinking about all that stuff and, mm -hmm. um yeah, so I just I just couldn't do it. I mean, now I'm older and things have changed, but look, now I'm older, you know. So it's like now yeah. I'm 45, so I think that ship has probably sailed. Now, and you've but. you've got a gorgeous partner who you're spending lots of time with. We're reading about, so that's great. So now you can just you know you've 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 got your amazing son, you've got your amazing partner, and you seem like you've got a wonderful life going on. Just enjoy it. We do we and, and yeah, yeah, we do. We're a beautiful little family, and we. Mm. Um, and Jonas is just our little buddy. Like he's just yeah. so such a funny kid and just so smart and just says like he's just yeah, we just have the best conversations and we have a great life and um yeah, now I'm in the thought of now going back to nappies and sleepless nights. you know, I just think, Oh gosh, I'm I, I feel very blessed to to have, you know, Jonas and 
yeah it's a lovely way of looking at it lovely way of looking at now before we say goodbye we always like to ask our guests the best piece of advice that they would give any new parent listening um and then we'll ask you about your favorite brands afterwards oh okay so advice um well firstly i'd say i mean i guess with jonas what i i I always want to make sure that he's being heard um and he feels loved and he feels safe so i always take the time to yeah, really hear him out whenever he's got something wrong or, you know, if he comes into a room, you know, I to make sure that he knows how much I love him. I think it's really important that kids, yeah, just feel loved and heard and safe. So that's definitely up there for me is important. Um, I guess another tip or whatever, yeah, tip for me would be um, I always stick to my word. If I'm going to say I'm going to do something, I do it. Um because I think that that's really important as well. I set boundaries. I think discipline is yes. really important and setting set, uh, setting boundaries. Um, and I think that he feels safe when I when I do that as well. Um, I name behaviour as opposed to sort of saying, um, you know, you're a bad boy. I go, well, that behaviour's wrong or that behaviour's bad. Um, I try and do that. You know, you've been naughty or, you know, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm really upset. You can just say, well, what you did was naughty or the behaviour yes. that I've just seen is naughty rather than saying it's you. You, Yeah. yeah That's a really interesting yeah. way of looking at it. I've always, I've always done that with him and it seems to work really well. Um, and whenever he, whenever we do have to um, discipline him, you know, I, I then always go back and um, talk to him about, you know, why we've done this and, and you know, so I always talk through things. So, um, you know, and, and also I th- I think something that I've just actually recently learned is it's okay to tell him when I've made a mistake. Like sometimes I'll discipline him and I'll think that he's done something and then I, I go, no, actually I was in the wrong here. Yeah. So I'll say, oh, look, mummy was wrong and I'm really sorry that mummy was wrong. I think it's important for them to see that we do get it wrong as well and we're human yes. and we can admit it. Yeah. yeah. So I also I, lo- well. I think it's really empowering to say that you're wrong. I actually don't yes. have an issue with it. I actually quite enjoy it. And I think it's a really, for me as a person, it's quite a big tick in the box because it shows quite a lot of growth. So Ada, now onto your favorite products uh, that you and Jonas kind of use together, things that you like doing as a little team. As a family, we love playing different board games. I just think it's really nice just to, just to connect. Oh, we've got so many, like we've got heaps like Scrabble, um, a lot of board games. It's just good family time as well. A ball, a soccer ball always in the boot of the car because he loves soccer and it's just something nice to do together as well um panadol because you always need panadol <laughs> so- <laughs> panadol no one's ever said that but that is genius like you know in the middle of the night when they've got a temperature that's what you need straight away so panadol um a thermometer yes what do you have the old one in the ear ones or one on the head one I've got them all. Yes. Um, and a hot water bottle. Oh, my God. And you can never find it when you need it. Yeah, but it just, you know, whenever, because Jonas still sometimes doesn't really know what's wrong with him. But if I just like, because I'll go, is it your tummy? You know, are you feeling like, is it your head? Like, what is it? You know, you're tired. You know, he's always, le- his legs are always hurting, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I go, do you just want a hot water bottle? And it always makes him feel better. A hottie solves everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ada, we'll let you go to sleep now because we've kept you up really late and I apologise. And thank you so much for um, for coming on the podcast and being so wonderful and open and honest. And we really, really appreciate it. It's been a dream oh, to chat to you. No, thank you very much. 
Oh, so. No. She's <laughs> bloody great, isn't she? She is. She really is. You reckon if we ever take a trip, a mobile mama's trip to Australia, we could like call her up and have a barbecue with her? I mean, we've got her. We've got Danny. We've basically got a party. <laughs> Haven't we? Anyone else? <laughs> we've got all the famous Australians on the podcast. We have. Oh, we've got Jules. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Married for, I mean, we're, we have basically smashed Australia now. We're, we're global. We're a global What, what a dinner party that would be. <laughs> it yeah, would. No, loved, no loved it. I really, really loved that chat. And also, I just wanted to say the, the biggest thank you to Ada. Obviously, we did touch, you know, very, very sadly on, um, you know, baby loss in that episode. Mm. And it was it was a very difficult, um, it was a very difficult thing to ask her, actually. And I was thinking in my head, you know, I'd obviously checked with her prior, but I didn't, you never know. how it's going to land and it's so personal but she yeah she was very brave and spoke very honestly about it so thank you to Ada and thanks for coming on our lovely little podcast and if you could rally up the rest of the Home and Away cast that'd be amazing that would and a great way to start the year as well um yeah I mean thank you thank you so much to Ada we absolutely loved it Um, and as always thank you to you guys for listening and supporting us every single week Um, we're going to have a brilliant year this year so if any of your mum friends or your dad mates don't know about this podcast yet please 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 give them a little nudge tell them they have to listen to it it's the law Um, and if you (laughs) if you can rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a follow you'll never miss an episode yeah please do as well Um, do a little review we obviously love reading them but they actually do help spread the Made by Mama's word so it makes people find the podcast a lot easier Um, and suggestions we really would love to hear from you like guests you'd like to hear from topics you'd like us to cover drop us a DM we're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday for the first Q&A of the year Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason Insanity Group Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.